Welcome to the Social Lights podcast with Kate Vandervoort, where I interview changemakers and innovators on how they connect with their tribe on social media. Brought to you by Social Mediology. Welcome to episode 53 of the Social Lights podcast. I am here today with Beth McIntyre, Head of Community at Bevy. Bevy is a leading provider of community software powering live community events, both in-person and virtual. Bevy's community of community professionals, which is called CMX, is the world's largest and most passionate network of community professionals. Thousands of community professionals come to CMX for support and education in community strategy. Beth oversees the engagement strategy and structure of all their community spaces and runs CMX Connect, an in-person distributed events program with more than 50 volunteer-run chapters around the world. So welcome, Beth. It's great to have you here. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. So Beth, tell me, what is it that lights you up in the morning? What gets you out of bed? You know, I love this question because I just said to my partner this morning, the first thing I think of when I wake up in the morning is him. The second thing I wake, think about is breakfast. I love tea. I love bacon. I love breakfast. The third thing I think about when I wake up is how I can make somebody smile today. Um, I know that sounds really cheesy, but I truly, I love what I do in my job. And that's because I get to make people smile. I get to make people feel really good. I get to answer people's questions all day. Um, and so those are the three things that light me up every day. I love how politically correct you are about that by putting your partner first. <laughs> A lot of yeah. people say, it's my kids that get me out of bed. In the <laughs> so yeah, well, literally. <laughs> So Beth, tell us a little bit about your journey into community. You know, where have you come from? You're still still a spring chicken, but where have you come from? Um, and I'm still a spring chicken in the community industry, definitely. Uh, I, like many community professionals, kind of stumbled into this industry. Uh, I didn't know it was an official industry one could be a part of until I found myself smack dab in the middle of it. Um, so I took a bit of a leave from work after a while um, when I realized there was nowhere else for me to go at the company I was working for doing customer success. Um, took a while off with my partner. We, we traveled around Europe. We lived in a van. I wrote a travel blog. You know, I did the whole Instagram influencer thing for a while, or at least attempted to. And along the way, while we were traveling, um, I found other women travelers who were building travel blogs. And I found other van lifers who were traveling around Europe in a van that they had either built or purchased. And I kind of started to organically create these groups that I could be a part of people who I wanted to kind of bring closer to me so I could learn from them. Um, you know, what does your travel blog look like? What are you learning more about the, the website that you're using? And then for van lifers, where are you going? Where did you find water? Where are you camping these days? Um, so I kind of accidentally built these communities. It was through that that I discovered Bevy. Uh, and I, my mind just completely opened that there were companies who are paying people to build community for them, to build relationships to work on these spaces where people come together and, and, you know, connect over something that they have in common. 
And that was kind of when I, the light bulb went off and I was like, I found my career path. Wonderful. That's, um, I think that's where so many great communities and community managers come from is they create their own communities out of necessity because they don't exist. And then, you know, that often kickstarts their journey. Um, and what so a great true. way to do it in a van in Europe. <laughs> it's so true. And it's not like people are walking around with a degree in community management. So, you know, when you take your career aptitude test in grade nine or whenever they do it, they don't tell you you could be a community professional. Um, so it, I feel like the story is kind of similar in that we all have all sorts of experiences that have brought us into this one kind of core, core industry. I often say I did my degree 20 something years ago now and it was a social work degree. So I got the social bit right. <laughs> but social media mm-hmm. obviously <laughs> back then, community, online communities didn't exist back then. So now I'm feeling old. Um, so tell us a little <laughs> bit about both Bevy and CMX, but what impact because I think they're, slight, they're, they're a bit different. So Bevy obviously enables people to build community. So maybe starting with Bevy, talk to us about the impact that you have in the world. Yes. Okay. So um, community is really, okay. Companies are starting to realize that when they build community and when they put their customers or their prospects or their users in a room together and they allow them to have organic conversations about the company, then that's where real magic starts to happen. So more and more companies are investing in these spaces where they can bring their customers together um, or even just their advocates and fans together to have those organic conversations about the or the the brand or the company. So what Bevy does is we give the software to companies to create those spaces through events, um, through synchronous live opportunities for their their community members to meet. Uh, We do that through both in person. That was kind of our bread and butter before the pandemic. And then last year in June, we pivoted to include virtual events as well. Um, So now Bevy does virtual events, virtual conferences. We have a whole mobile app that we're building right now as well to bring our virtual conferences to more countries. Um, And of course, um, our in-person events. So that's how Bevy is changing community and changing the world. And so while we're on that, you and I obviously agree that community is the future of business. What are some of the trends that you've been seeing with businesses around community because it it has been you know it's an evolution community we were talking about this offline before that um community being seen as a respected part of a business and as a professional part of the business what are the trends that you're seeing at the moment great great question because we actually run a yearly survey where we we research and survey anybody who will answer all of our questions who are in the industry. Uh, And we actually ask them exactly these questions. How many people are on your team? How much money do you make? Like you individually, how much money or ARR is your community responsible for? Do you have plans to invest in more in community in the next year? And we keep seeing these trends just go up and up and up. I have all the quantitative data, just not in front of me. (laughs) I know there's lots of data people who are like, what are the percentages? But qualitatively, I can tell you that it really is going up. Um, We can also see, I think that more and more companies are, you know, they, 
for so long, people have hosted or companies have hosted their annual conference, their big one-off event that brings all of their customers or all of their users together in one place. I mean, I'm not alone. You walk into a conference, you can feel the buzz, there's people talking, there's so much going on. You're really excited. It's exhausting and overwhelming, but it's so exciting. And then when you get home after that conference, you're still buzzing and you have all these ideas of things you're going to implement into your own practice, your own day to day. But I think what has happened or what happens in the past is that that excitement kind of starts to dwindle a little bit. Um, you know, the touch points after a conference are an email, a survey. How was that? Another email that says, hey, our recordings are all live. Check them out. And then what? Then I have to wait another 11 months to feel that excitement again. So what more and more companies are doing are starting to take that conference. You start with that conference and then you start to build a community for the 11 other months of the year. Um, and they feed into each other. You know, the conference will help build your community. It will help engage. It will help drive that momentum and your community will help drive the momentum into your conference. So it doesn't have to just be this one, you know, big event that, that excitement, that enthusiasm, that engagement can take place the entire year. And I'm sure we'll cover this, but there's so many different reasons why companies can build communities and how community can truly drive important business impact. Um, yeah, there we could go on, but I'm sure we'll come to that. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, we've seen the conference industry as, as you know, a, an industry is forever changed given what's happening in the world at the moment. So companies really do need to find a way to stay connected with their customers in a more meaningful way and give them more opportunities to connect not only with the business, but also with each other. So that's, you know, where Bevy really plays such an important role. Um, so let's stay on Bevy for a moment. So where and it seems like a funny question, but where does community sit in the business? Because obviously Bevy is a business and you've got a product that you provide and services that you provide, um, but then you've got your community. So where does community sit within the business for Bevy? I will answer that question by talking about a framework that CMX has. Um, so like you mentioned, CMX is... Uh, our mission is to help community professionals thrive. We are here to train and give resources to community, prof community professionals of all industries. Um, one of the frameworks we have is what we call the SPACES model. It's an acronym, uh, SPACES, and it helps you determine what the business goal or what the value will be that your community can drive. Um, I won't list all of them off, but for example, A for acquisition, your community can drive acquisition for your company or E engagement. Your community can drive engagement around the narrative that your company is uh, within. So I bring up those two letters because <laughs> it's a roundabout way of telling you that CMX drives acquisition and engagement for Bevy. So first and foremost, uh, we drive leads. Uh, the people who are in our community are pretty much all prospects. If they're hosting events, if they're building community, uh, then they could definitely be using Bevy. So that's something that 
uh, all of our events, all of our community spaces, they do drive leads to Bevy. Second is engagement. And all communities have a level of engagement, of course, but the way that we use it is the more people we train, the more people we turn into community professionals, the more we talk about the future of community um, and it being the future of business, the more we talk about the importance of community, the bigger the industry gets, the more important community is at the table of executives um, and therefore, our prospect pool is larger. Uh, we also become the thought leader in this industry. CMX is the largest community of its kind, um, you know, and has been around the longest, maybe the most reputable. I don't know. I'm biased, of course, but uh, you know, all of these things mean that Bevy really does have a wonderful place in the industry and, and in the narrative itself. And I think um, what you've demonstrated with that, and, and David Spinks's book, The Business of Belonging, which outlines the spaces model is one of my favorites. So we'll include <laughs> links in the show notes for both the CMX report that you mentioned and um, David's book. Um, but one of the things I think you've just really nicely articulated is often what I see is businesses set up, they see community as a bit of a silo over here and they wait for it to demonstrate some value before integrating it wholeheartedly into the business. And I think those that are really using community successfully, community really comes first. And, you know, they're not seeing customers as a commodity. They're seeing customers as a relationship that they're on a journey with. So how do you, um, I imagine you do it quite well at Bevy, but what are some of the ways that people can measure that return on investment and demonstrate the value that community brings to the business? That's a impossible question to answer <laughs> with, you know, with such a umbrella kind of uh, context, because again, it all comes back down to that spaces model. So um, just for kicks, I'm going to use that A for acquisition type model again. If your community program is driving acquisition for your business, there's all sorts of different metrics that you can track. We have different strategy levels that we go through. So number one, business strategy. That's the spaces model. That's when you choose your letter. In this example, let's choose A for acquisition. The next strategy is the community strategy. And that would be what programs are you actually going to implement to drive the business impact? So for acquisition, maybe you host events. Maybe you have a online community forum where people can come together and talk. Maybe you have a podcast program or a knowledge base where your users can you know, uh, write articles and, and contribute in that way. Those would be your community program or your community strategy. Then below that, you have your tactical strategy, and that's your day-to-day, -day, how do you get people to engage? How do you get people to show up to your events? So when we look at, let's say, a acquisition community that includes a distributed events program, so you're hosting events for people who you want to turn into leads, your metrics could be how many people are showing up to your event, how many people RSVP'd for your event, um, how long did they stay at your event if it's in person or virtual and you can track that information how many people went from your event to then being a customer how many customers 
you know, signed their subscription or their membership again after going to an event? Um, what does the engagement look like in the event? Are people engaged in the virtual chat? So, I mean, the list goes on <laughs> of the kinds of metrics that you can track, but the, the thing that brings it all back together is what metrics are important to your business goal and what metrics will your executive team care about? Uh, I think that those are kind of the, that's my answer to your question. <laughs> Do you find that a lot of, um, just given how relatively new community, particularly online communities are, that often management are very much focused on vanity metrics that don't actually tie to the business objectives. That's what I find in some of the smaller businesses, you know, larger businesses have probably got more of a handle on that. Um, but I'm really excited about the industry moving past those vanity metrics and into the behavior metrics of, that was probably more a statement, but I'd be interested in your reflection on that. I'm, well, you're right. And it's, you know, you have to look at the qualitative and the quantitative. So metrics, uh, you know, when you build your dashboards and you choose which metrics you want to want to report on, that's great. I report, I collect every metric there is in my community um, because I want to know how many comments are we getting every week? How many posts are people posting every week? How many new people are signing up every week? Because that is my community strategy. That's how I am making sure, or my, my tactical strategy and my community strategy, that's what I'm doing every day to make sure that my programs are successful. The metrics that then I turn around and talk to my executive team about that's really where storytelling comes in because great. I can tell them, look, we had, you know, a thousand people show up to our events last month, but what does that mean for them? That is a really great uh, infographic we could tweet about <laughs> and people would be really impressed that we had a thousand people show up. Um, but my executive team, what they want to know is honestly, how much money is this saving us or how much money is this making us? I think that sometimes community professionals, and this might be an overarching statement, uh, we find ourselves in these roles because we're good with people. We're good at building relationships. We're really good at, you know, facilitating or engineering those connections. And maybe we didn't go to business school. <laughs> so, Part of your job is that, that social work that you were talking about, you know, the empathy, the connecting, the relationships, but the other part, which is maybe just as important is that business hat. You have to put on the hat and say, this is how much money these relationships are saving you, or this is how much money these relationships are making you. Um, and it can feel really it can feel really sticky to do that because it kind of feels salesy or wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that that's what keeps the lights on. And that's why, that's why we really drive home this concept at CMX. Like how do you prove the business value of your community? How do you prove the return on investment so that you stay in a job and so that your company's community is revered? And so does Bevy as a software platform help community managers to do that? Are there analytics to, that help to demonstrate the value of community? Yeah, definitely. I think that, uh, and it's funny because before Bevy, so, you know, I've, I've used other event platforms. Uh, the story I hear from 
most of the customers of Bevy is that before Bevy, they were using a patchwork quilt of software platforms. They were using spreadsheets, they were using email merge uh, platforms, they were using different event platforms, they were using all sorts of things to try to track their hosts, who's hosting these events, who's speaking at these events, how many people are coming. Um, and most of the time, they didn't even know how many people were coming, or they couldn't grow because there's one person leading the community, and they had to do everything because nobody had the, the permissions to do anything in the platform. So the, the thing I hear time and time again is that that patchwork quilt is gone and Bevy solves all of those problems for you. So they've got the analytics, they've got the emailing, they've got the organization of hosts. It's all and the permissions. It's all right in there. Um, so my Bevy commercial is over now. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you the question. I invited you right <laughs> Um, so when you look at the CMX community and the role that you play in bringing together community professionals, what are some of the strategies that you use to activate community and to keep people engaged and to taking action, I guess, that, you know, that you're wanting to facilitate? Great question. Um, and this is definitely when I speak about those two hats, uh, I have to wear both when I think about how am I going to engage with our, our community members. First and foremost, First and foremost, I wear my community manager hat where I'm engaging and I'm the community members come first. What do they need? What do they want? What's going to help them really advance in their careers? What are the resources they need to be the best community manager they can be? The other thing I have to think about is at the end of the day, what's going to help us, what's going to make it so that we can drive the most engagement so that we can get more leads to Bevy. Um, and so I do that through multiple ways. Uh, we host, we have training and certifications so that we can teach people those frameworks, the spaces framework. We have other frameworks as well. We've got multiple online community spaces as well. Um, Facebook group, Slack group, we have a pro membership where people can join us and um, have different conversations in there. Then we have our distributed events community. Um, and the distributed events are really cool. Uh, they're hosted by local volunteers around the world. We, like I said, traditionally we were in person. Uh, we moved to virtual. We're moving back to in person, sort of. Uh, more to come on that. <laughs> But I think that that's one of the coolest ways that we can really engage with people um, is driving them to these events where they can meet people in real time uh, at events, either in person or virtual and make those real life CMX connections. And maybe now's a really good time to share that we're bringing CMX to Australia and launching a chapter in Brisbane, which I'm super excited about. So I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this podcast will be uh, keen to find out how they can join CMX events. And I think you said they're, they're coming in other cities as well. So um, there'll be more, more coming on that soon. Um, now, this is a question maybe would have been worth covering at the beginning, but certainly worth covering now. Um, a lot of people in there, you know, when they hear about community or online communities, they think social media and a lot of people muddy the waters and, and mix those two things up. So how do you differentiate between social media marketing and community management? I kind of think of it as a loop. Um, 
and it's part of the customer journey loop kind of as like a greater framework, if you will. So social media, I look at social media as the top of the funnel. This is how people find you. This is how people identify as someone that should be a part of your community, or this is how customers find your business and say, I think I could use that product. Social media is, I would say it's not a community because it's more of that funnel and it's not necessarily a two-way street. Yes, people can comment on your tweets. Yes, people can retweet, but the, the conversation and the connection ends there. The community, on the other hand, is a bubble. If I'm making a funnel for like a customer journey, how people get come in, then the bottom is a bubble and that's the community. Um, and this space is different because the people who are there aren't being talked at like social media, they're being talked to. I feel like the space is a lot more intentional. Um, there's an identity. So instead of someone just choosing to follow you on Twitter or in social media, um, you know, there's kind of a, a an agreement that you have these expectations for your members. They have expectations of you. And the beauty of the community is that you're both meeting those expectations and holding each other accountable um, to how you want to be treated and, and what the purpose of the community is and what we're there for in the first place. So we talk about a, um, the social identity cycle and it starts with that identification. And I feel like that's where social media comes in. They see your tweets, they see your social media posts. They say, I identify as that thing. When they join, that's participation. Now they're in the community. Now they're commenting, they're liking, they're connecting with other people. And then the third step is validation. That's when you say, we love having you in here. That's when you're liking their posts. That's when they receive comments from other members who are, you know, validating their engagement and what they're contributing to the, the community. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how I see the difference. The social media is an entry point and the community is an end point. Yeah, I love that. And I love that visual of the funnel with the <laughs> bubble at the bottom. That's a great way to look at it. And I think, um, you know, a lot of social media is evolving, trying to move into that community space. So it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over the years. But it is a real change in mindset for, for marketers to shift from how are we, you know, trying to get more from this person as opposed to providing a, an environment that connects them in a deeper way to each other, but also to the brand. We often talk about, mm -hmm. you know, once the brand actually gets themselves out of the middle of the conversation and community members start talking to each other about what's important around that brand, that's where you really start to see that value, that value of community. Yeah, and I think the, well, have you seen a Chemex, the coffee makers? I feel like that's what I imagined. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was going to say, so on the- those in Australia, it's a very American thing, the drip coffee oh. Um, it's not, not Australian at all. <laughs> okay. Well, darn, you'll have to include an image in show notes. So people know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I was going to say though, on the, the community driven marketing. Um, I mean, we talk about that a lot at CMX. It is, makes a huge, uh, it's a huge component of our CMX summit. Our big annual conference is that community driven marketing piece. Something that I hear time and time again is the executives, who are scared to 
step out of the room. So once you have, let's, you know, your customers in a room together, proverbial room, they're nervous to leave. Um, let those conversations happen. They say, what if someone's negative? What if, you know, a, a troll comes in and starts to complain about a feature that we launched or, you know, negativity breeds negativity. What if, what if? And the thing that we say at CMX is that those conversations are going to happen anyway. People are going to find something that they don't like. They want to talk about it might be a feature, might be something else. Those conversations, they're going to talk to people. They're going to have those conversations anyway. And the power of community is that you own that conversation. You can see it. You can nip it in the bud. You can message that person personally and ask them to jump on a call and give you their feedback right away. You can, you know, put them on a, some sort of customer advisory board where they get a chance to have a say in features before they're launched or test beta test features before they're launched. Um, so I think that the idea is scary for some, but the idea of owning it is what should drive more and more people to, to yeah, get on that community-driven marketing, let people have those conversations, and then you get to see those conversations happening. Absolutely. And I think that comes right down to community culture too. And for those who do a really good job of building that culture, um, I'm sure many people have heard it said that, you know, if you've got that good community culture, your community stand up for you in those moments too, if you've done a good job of, of building that relationship. So certainly not stepping out completely, but stepping out of the middle, I think, is, is a real evolution in community because they obviously go through stages, stages of growth. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to that identity factor as well. So, you know, and the reward when people join your community, they feel like they're a part of something bigger. They're connecting with people. They have something really important in common with, and then you're there to validate that you're there to validate what they do for work. We hear that all the time at CMX that people's favorite thing about CMX is when they walked into an event or they joined the community and they realized that they didn't have to tell anybody or explain to anybody what they do for work. Everyone knows. So, you know, that's a really powerful moment for people who've spent their lives trying to explain what they do to work to people who don't get it. Um, so that identity, that component is what really, uh, you know, helps people identify as a CMXer is what we call them. And then, yeah, we know that they have our best interests at heart because we have their best interests at heart. And that's where that beautiful bubble starts to form. Yeah, wonderful. So a lot of the people who listen to our podcast, they might be smaller businesses, um, you know, they're not huge multinational brands or um, big corporates. So how do you see, or if you were giving advice, I guess, to a smaller business, if they were really wanting to build some kind of community around their business, what kind of advice would you give them in that starting phase? Well, my first piece of advice would be to focus on controlling what you can control right now. Um, no community got to where they are the first day. Uh, that just doesn't happen. So maybe in the gaming industry, I feel like video gamers are different, but <laughs> uh, you know, CMX's story, seven or so years ago, David Spinks got together with some other community professionals for a beer in New York and talked 
what they were doing and their challenges. And they made this a reoccurring meeting. They realized there were others like them. They started a Facebook group, you know, 100, 200 members started to join. Then they had more. It grew super organically. They started to host events. They started to host conferences. So we only got to where we are today because they started small. They started with the one or two or three people they knew who would benefit from their community. So I think that that's kind of the first thing is focus on controlling what you can control. Meet a couple of people, meet your customers, talk to the people who love your product or your brand um, or the movement that you're working on. Figure out what they would want from a community. What are their needs? What questions do they have? What do they want? Do they want to meet with people in person? Do they want to connect online? And then build that space. Um, <clears throat> the second thing I would say is that in the beginning, it's so much hard work. And a lot of it is that you're manufacturing connections. You're bringing people in manually. You're introducing them to the space. Um, and your job is to uh, make them feel like this space is the right place for them because they might not feel that right at the beginning. The community is like you are the community in the beginning. And so when you're starting out small, just know that there's a lot of time and energy that goes into it. Um, and you're probably going to work really hard for it. Uh, once you, there might be some crickets sometimes <laughs> when you ask questions or try to drive engagement, but, uh, with hard work and time, uh, your community will, will start to grow organically too. So I think the brands that really, or the businesses that really focus on that small group first and serving them well, that group often end up being, you know, potentially people who assist you in other ways to grow that community too. And I think one of the dangers is people want to go from one to a thousand overnight and open up a community and get influx, but there are definite stages that, that you want to go through. So I think that's really sage advice. <laughs> it's true. I think sometimes we throw around the term that, you know, we're going to launch our community. We're going to launch this, you know, this event or whatever, we're launching this space. And it's a dangerous word because it isn't going to be, like you said, that one to a thousand, we're going to launch the community and everyone's going to come. Uh, you know, it really is building blocks. It's more of a staircase, if you will. Um, you know, you start slow, you start small, and then you get to that place. Perhaps you launch things, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that's, that should have been put in place before you launch. You should already be on like step 10 before you launch anything. <laughs> um, because yeah, it doesn't just, it's not built in a day. Absolutely. Uh, Beth, it's been wonderful chatting with you today. Are there any other final words or words of wisdom that you want to share for aspiring community managers or businesses that are moving into this space? I definitely have advice for aspiring community managers. Uh, one of the things I think is really uh, prevalent in this industry is what we call imposter syndrome. Uh, and that's, I think, stems from the fact that we don't have community manager degrees. So, you know, you feel like you're making things up as you go. So a lot of us suffer from imposter syndrome. My advice for if you're feeling like an imposter, like you don't know what you're doing, walk into the room, walk into a meeting, walk into your day and pretend like you know more than 
anybody in the room. Pretend like you know more about the business, more about the community, more about the problem at hand than anybody else. And for fear of sounding cliche again, fake it till you make it because chances are you do know more than anybody in the room about your community or about the customers or about the people that you're serving. So you just have to tell yourself that because we all know that on the outside. That's my advice. That's great. And I think, you know, alongside that, finding other community managers and finding your tribe or your your own community to give you support along that way. And obviously the CMX community is um, a wonderful place for for getting that professional connection and that professional development as well. So if you're in Brisbane, keep an eye out for the new CMX chapter that's starting here and come and hang out with other community managers. Um, Because, yes, we were talking offline about how hanging out with people who are a little bit ahead in the journey can also be really supportive there as well. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much, Beth, for being with us today. We will put all of your links and uh, ways that people can find out more about Bevy and CMX into the show notes. And I'm really looking forward to working with you on an Australian CMX chapter. Thanks, Kate. I can't wait to bring CMX down under. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Social Lights podcast produced by Social Mediology. You can connect with us on Facebook at Social Lights Podcast and you can find today's show notes and more episodes at socialmediology.com.au forward slash social lights. Please subscribe in your favourite podcast platform to receive future episodes and share with your tribe to inspire others to action.